0: All right, uh, welcome to Real Talker. I'm your host, Rio, and this is the most niche podcast on the Internet. This week's podcast is sponsored by Toothie's Shotgun Crew, always accepting new members. And now it's, uh, exciting news this week. By popular demand, I'm joined by a new co-host. Uh, that co-host's name is Murph. Please say hi, Murph, and uh, introduce yourself for people that don't, don't know you. Hey, guys. I'm Murph.
1: I'm a Canadian Dom player, and uh, my background is basically uh, in classic. I started way early, like round two, and I ended up winning uh, round 39. And basically, I've played most of the rounds, and it's always just a fast attacker, usually, right? Go out there and kill everybody or get killed in the process.
0: Absolutely, and I think we're going to come back to that round thirty-nine. Because for those that don't know, Murph and I have a little bit of history, going right back to that round where, uh, at some point, we'll we'll tell the story. But it was basically between you and I for that win, and uh, controversial, I think, is how I would describe it. And I think I would just use one word: diplomatic, right? Well, there's I got another word for it. Um, Cheating is what I would say, but. We'll, uh, we'll we'll bring that up later on, uh, on another podcast, I think. And I would just say, you know, let Ross sort it out. And he did. And yeah, you know I, He still won't uh, answer my calls. I've tried getting hold of him, but he won't fix that one. Moving into this round. We're now midway through round 26. Currently day 25 as re- we're recording. And most people know that I don't reveal my location until the end of the round, but are you happy to say where you are? And uh, it may help give a little bit of context from your perspective. I think
1: most people generally know where I am. You know, I'm not afraid to uh, really expose myself with the meme game. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm the like in Realm 8, two motorcycles.
0: And how would you say that Realm's gone for yourself?
1: I'd say it's been a hell of a good
0: time. You know what I mean? So do you think you've, uh, you're obviously in your position, you're, you're not out front, but you're still round about the top 10 as well, still involved and still you probably know more about what's going on at the very top than I do right now. So so what do you think of your perspective for for the round in general as well?
1: Uh, yeah, I think the round perspective from, from my vantage point here in Realm 8 is that it's been a very competitive round. You're seeing a resurgence in fast attacking, which is refreshing, you know what I mean? It's better than seeing all these converters, they're converting, they convert into a top OP position, and it just leaves you you in a very bland taste, you know, with how the round starts. You know, it's pretty boring to see that happen.
0: Absolutely, yeah, totally agree. I really like it when there's a lot of different realms attacking. I think the longer it stays without a runaway or somebody taking over, the the more interesting it is for everybody. And I'm I'm glad that things kind of panned out the way they did with the changes that got put through at the start of this round.
1: You know what's surprised me the most, I think, is that, you know, (laughs) Realm 4, right, has been as competitive as they've been, I thought they were like the three blind mice, you know, just hitting everything along the way, just trying to go through go through life. Right. But, you know, they've managed to stay relevant so far, which is awesome.
0: Yeah. And uh, I think definitely when we talk about kind of what's happened to the round up to this point, they've been heavily involved. Um, even recently, they've kind of stayed involved. So it's definitely, definitely interesting. And I've I've got no idea who they are. It's always interesting when you see kind of two people playing the same race in the same realm, because they're presumably not a pair. They're presumably one from a pack and one's just been brought in. Um, so it's great to kind of like see that 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 side of things.
1: Well, you can see that too on how both of those players are playing those Firewalkers completely different, right? One of them obviously built it from the back end thinking – Towards the mid round, with the dime mines early and the more efficient build, whereas the other one tried to be the lead dog and and honestly just tried to go out there and kill everybody. Has too many spec D now to really last, right? So he's kind of on the shelf now.
0: Yeah, kind of. You almost feel as though like they he took his shot, didn't quite pay off, and now he's just kind of hanging in there, or just gonna just limp to like a, a medium finish.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he turns into an ops bitch or, you know, just helps with the wonder bashing, right? That'll happen.
0: Yeah. So what do you think happened then? Because I think the it seemed all pretty even early on in the very first kind of like maybe six, seven, eight days of the round. And then there was the big point where everyone seemed to attack everyone. There were just hits from all these guys um getting involved so how do you think that kind of like panned out like i know you were involved in that do you think it was um a mistake was made or do you think it was calculated risks and uh, who do you think kind of do you think the people that came out on top which is namely the seven like at the end of it do you think that panned out how they probably thought it would or was it just the situation just kind of benefited them the most
1: Yeah, it's nice to talk about that uh, Royal Rumble event, you know, and everybody's just getting in the ring and just throwing haymakers at each other. Right. Um, But honestly, what kicked it off, I think, was a mistake uh, from the realm, from realm sevens, like, right. Like, you're not going to send out knowing that you're going to feed your competition. Right. In no world do I think that that guy was thinking, perfect, I'm going to let Firewalker in four hit me, right, for big acres, right? Because I doubt he saw what was coming from Realm 11's Liz and me that could hit him, right? And we're talking about the four, uh, four Firewalker at this point, Glass.
0: Yeah. Well, that's really – I would love to get their insight onto this because, you know, like my, my pack, we will set up positions sometimes in situations where we're willing to take a hit. If we think we're going to come out on top, and when I was looking from the sidelines in that, I thought, well, maybe that's what they were doing as well. Maybe they were taking a risk, thinking if if four don't go for them, they get away with this this free hit. If four do go for them and get taken down themselves, then maybe maybe that's one less competitor. But do you think it's it wasn't the case? It was more just they just misjudgment. I think it was
1: misjudgment. I mean, knowing who's in that realm, right? Uh, you know, they're not the best tacticians. Let's just say that, right?
0: Now I'm wondering whether, it's, uh, whether I know who it is or not.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to out who it is, right? But...
0: No, no, definitely <laughs> not, but I, I, I had an idea, and uh, and maybe I might be wrong on this one.
1: Well, let's just say that, you know, one of the people in that realm thought running shrines on a gnome from Out of Protection And an attacking all-round scenario was a good idea, right? So, you know, that gives some perspective on where their, you know, strong suits for, I would say, tactics lie. And it's not very good. I'd give it an F, a total failing grid.
0: But you know what? I think sometimes you have to really take uh, an extreme strat and they're, they're always stupid until one of them suddenly works. Sure,
1: but, I mean, Gnome does not have room to be that stupid, you know?
0: I'd say it, it didn't work then for them.
1: It was abysmal. So, you know, do I think that uh, the Realm 7, like, went in there with a grand strategy of thinking, okay, if I do this hit, then this guy and this guy will hit? No, there's no way right? Like, that guy was flying by the seat of his pants and maybe he didn't look, right? Although, he does have massive, right? Like, let's, like, we haven't even talked about what he has in there as support, right? But he's got four Dark Elves, he's got a, a Halfling Ops bitch, like, that guy has Ops for days. So, for him to overlook that, I think is bananas, really.
0: So, definitely, definitely don't think he baited, it was just, it just came out on top.
1: Well, I know from my perspective, right, I was going after Glass and not the Realm 7-like, purely on the basis of Revenge. For me, it's like, if you do me wrong, you better believe I'm coming after your ass.
0: So then, what happened with them? So, did they, they got a hit on you early on then?
1: Yeah, I hit, uh, what happened early was I hit the biggest guy in the game. Right. And this early in the game, usually what's happening, right, is people are on hit cycles, right? So every 12 hours is a pretty predictable hit cycle, and they're just going to keep hitting like 75. And and this is like the biggest time in the round where people are growing, right? So you're just assuming, okay, they're just going to pursue growth and forego sitting and pumping OP, right? So I was in the mindset that that's what the Firewalker and four glass was going to do. So I was just pumping my gurus right which don't have any turtle right and then i went to bed and then woke up and i saw okay great he can hit me right so that's a bad news scenario for me but you know there's nothing much i can do so you just continue on you tie your straps, right
0: and you just keep moving forward yeah i mean whenever i take a hit, you just have to from my perspective you just brush it off carry on
1: yeah, right. And for me, it's just like it's a dear diary entry, right? Dear diary. this asshole's hit me. Let's make sure we get him back at some point in the round, right? So let's just I just put that feather in my cap and I just
2: wait
0: And then that I guess you got your opportunity then,
1: well, and it was led by the eleven Liz, right, who popped off on him. And which is kind of surprising, right? Because the eleven and seven, right, had a pretty nasty war before all this happened, right. Do you remember that
0: I know, yeah, they they went to war, but then didn't seven hit eleven a whole bunch of times?
1: Right. So a lot of seven's growth is based on hitting into eleven, right? and i and I know they fireballed the. The like in there and did some other nasty business, right? So, was I pretty shocked and intrigued by the Liz going after the Firewalker in four? Absolutely, because in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, if I'm an eleven, right, I'd probably prioritize a revenge hit on the like in seven above hitting a Firewalker. You know, I mean, that would that'd be my perspective.
0: Yeah, although I guess maybe he just maybe eleven. Thought that if a firewalker got away with it, then the firewalker is suddenly in the top position to get away.
1: And that's that balancing act early, right? Where it's just, you know, you're throwing darts at a board, and you're just seeing what hits. And sometimes, you know, it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But someone's eventually going to get away, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. And so the the thing that we always do in our in our pack is we try to hang on to the top. And just play a little bit more efficient than them. We never go really kind of like full, full gas to try to get the one kind of we we don't sacrifice one person um to get ahead. Um but we wouldn't probably we wouldn't put a semi suicide on someone to stop them unless we had other guys in our group who were like ready to take over or ready to get something out of it as well
1: yeah yeah, hundred percent. You don't you don't want to sacrifice your teammates really at any point if you don't have to, right? But you especially don't want to sacrifice anybody early, right? because it everything's in flux. It's too early. You don't know what's gonna happen.
0: And it's the pregnant, then I think it was the storyteller. He took hits back right after he after he put the hit on.
1: Do you have that pulled
0: up somewhere to see who hit him? I'm trying to see, I got to see. I think glass retail on him as well. Oh yeah, but then also yeah, number four. Is it Yambo? The Liz was the first one to get him, and then Glass did as well. Right. So, so he basically on and then got two hits straight back, so he didn't really benefit. The only thing that he did was kind of stop a potential runaway, but didn't help himself in the process.
1: And then really the question is, did it help his realm in any
2: meaningful way? Right.
0: Yeah. Which is No, is the answer, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that they had anyone or a few people close, but I don't think there was anyone actually right there who could, who could take, uh, take on and like take it over. So
1: what I would call that would be a glory hole moment. You know what I mean?
0: Uh, I I really don't know what you mean by that.
1: Oh, it means he just wants to get his name out there, right? And visit the glory hole. Oh,
0: okay. So I would use the term making a shiny hit. He just wanted to do that because it looked flashy, um, but doesn't necessarily help.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it was one of those situations where he saw the writing on the wall, right? Where, you know his realm's not going to be in a really good spot moving forward. So, you know, you just do what you can in the moment, right?
0: Yeah. And you know, in fairness, you know he's still he's still up there right now. So he's still he's still hitting. He's uh, you know not on top. but He's still kind of top ten, making hits within within the top range. So, I think maybe perhaps the the changes that have come in with the you know the the one to one with land generated probably helped him out there and reduce losses as well. So. Um, So I think that's probably the changes, I think, which which is what we really wanted. They allow you to kind of take these shots and take a hit yourself, but still keep playing.
1: Absolutely. And that's kind of what you want to see, right? You want to see more action. You want to see it be more competitive, right? You don't want to see things stall out, right? Because that's no fun for anybody.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You don't want to just see everyone just grind down and nobody... Nobody willing to take a chance. Everyone's afraid to make a hit, and then just nothing happens.
1: Yeah, that's that's the part of the round that nobody likes. Where you're just sitting there for days on end. You're just training up, right? Everybody's numbers are known. There's no special events that are happening, and you're just basically waiting for a 75 hit you can make safely,
0: right? Yeah, that's probably a good time to to move on to the next part, which is the the seven like he's now made bottom feeds a couple of times um, the first one I kind of just agreed with because land looked like it was going to stall didn't look like it was going to get a hit for a while just did one to, to get the extra land lead but then the second one that he's done recently um, has been amongst all these war declarations that were happening and there were four war declarations within 24 hours so it was a good time to kind of talk about what your thoughts are on all of those
1: well, yeah, one of those is ours, right? Um, I thought it was interesting, right, that Realm 7 Ward Realm 6, and I'm really not privy to what's happened in that war. I'm assuming they're trying to slow down a slow-attacking troll in there or something, right? But I didn't look, right? But I'm assuming that's yeah, so what they're if, thinking. If I just, I
0: just... So looking at the... So what happened? So the the four declarations were... Realm six declared on Realm one right after they took a wonder, and that's presumably to get a wonder for cheap, get some prestige. Then shortly after that, Realm seven then declared on Realm six. They've already got their own wonder, so it looked as though it was fireballs on the troll, maybe the human, but that looked like they just sent their dark elves to work on that, just to slow down some late round competition. So. From my perspective, Realm 7 is kind of thinking endgame, thinking they've got a chance to run away and they're going to use their Dark Elves and their Halfling to slow down anyone else that may come up later on. But then after that, then you got the two declarations. You had yourself, Realm 8, and then Realm 4 on the same hour, both declaring on Realm 7.
1: Which is fun, isn't it? Isn't it just fun to see that? just puts a smile on your face.
0: Well, that's one of these times where, you know, I have to think we'll often, my my pack, my realm will often be kind of, we'll be suspecting something's about to kick off. And even if we, you know, we we don't talk to people in other realms, but we can guess who may be doing something and maybe starting. And we'll be ready as soon as they declare, we'll declare straight away as well, just because we've been waiting for the same thing. Um, Quite often, sometimes nothing happens. So then we'll declare. And a different realm jumps in as well. So it's always interesting when two realms kind of are sort of working together, but without actually working together. So, did you see this happening
1: then from my realm and realm four?
0: I didn't guess it was going to happen, but I wasn't surprised. I thought potentially when one realm kind of like declares, um, they kind of like lose, lose their ability to. To have control of when they can kind of like take war off, they're kind of locked in, and it's often a good time to then have another rebel declare on you, um, because then they're fighting on two fronts at least.
1: And and I can speak from my vantage point of my war on seven, and it was basically purely revenge from a previous war that happened the week before, right, where they took the fountain, right, and they fireballed me into uh, Oblivion, right? So they took me down to about seven, 8K peasants, right? And then they tried to hit me, right? So this was actually after I had mutual ward them, where you you had said the writing was on the wall and that I was most likely going to get mutually war hit, right?
0: That's it, yeah. From, from my perspective, you, that was a, a big mistake and we've probably we talked about this before. Where I didn't mind you could declare a mutual war, but the instant you do it, you kind of you take away any potential timing. If you know if you want to take a wonder off them, you can't decide when they if they're in control of that. And you just gave them an extra five percent. So for me, it was a case So he can just train you into the ground and hit you, um, or at the very least, you have to release.
1: Right, and I can see from my vantage point. They came very close to being able to hit me, right? Ultimately, what saved me was that uh, they poured all their spy strength into sinking my Firewalker, right? He was training up to suicide that like if he were to come after me. So they the, the previous hour, right, they were just busy sinking them, sinking them, and sinking them, right? And they obviously, they didn't put two and two together that I was just going to release, right? Because why would you do that? if you have, you know, spec OP coming in the next hour, you know, you've got this plan, which appears you're going to hit one of the biggest guys in the game with a mutual war hit. Right. Why wouldn't you focus your energy on that and making that successful? You know what I mean? Yeah. But ultimately it failed because I released thousands of gurus so that they couldn't uh, hit me. And then I had more spec D rolling in the previous, the next couple hours. Right. So it was really only a one or two hour stretch where they could do it, but they didn't have the spy strength at that point to assassinate my draftees. And I had no wizards, no spies, nothing. I had no numbers because I had released them all in, in an effort to stop it from happening, right? And then they just gave up and they took a a different hit. I don't know if it was a 75 hit or a, or a bottom feed in this. I think it was a 75 hit on on probably Realm 11 again, right?
0: Yeah, there were quite a few. Not a bad guess.
1: But in this new war, I think it's it's funny, right? That I I go into range of that like, blind, right? And, and some people would say, but you know, you've you've got some realmies in range, and and they could get you ops. Well, let me just say, my realmies don't have op strength, uh, or they're not around enough to be able to update me, right? So I didn't know what his numbers were. So I went in there completely blind. The first thing I do, right, I, I show up, I just unload sink in his boats and toss in as many fireballs as I could, and then checked his numbers and saw that he could break me, right? But I guess he didn't realize that he could break me at that moment either. So what I ended up having to do was release some spies again, just so that he couldn't hit me that hour.
0: And it didn't happen, and uh, yeah, eventually he's he's would you say he's forced into bottom feeding just to to get away from everyone again?
1: Yeah, I would say tactically that was the move to do because if he was just going to sit there, right, he would just get sunk for sure because it was me and at least three other guys in range of him and four that were just hammering his boats, and there wasn't much he could do. I mean, in that kind of situation, the smartest move was always to build docks, right, trying to counter. With spies, they're not going to come in in time, and it's just a waste of money, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing here. As soon as you start building spies, the other people they just start building spies as well. And, yeah,
2: it's uh, a new yeah. win, right? Exactly. So now he's uh, he's managed
0: to get his bottom feed in, he's managed to get back in guard, um, he's given himself a reprieve again. Do you think, just looking into um, the remainder of the round, do you think he's got a chance? Um, I would give him a small
1: chance, uh, probably in the neighborhood of like 15%, that he can survive what's coming, right? Just And it boils down to the fact that for likes, if you're not really far ahead at this point, you just don't have turtle, right? So you're in a real pickle. Right yep. and for him to transition to building werewolves like he was kind of doing there that last day, I thought was you know interesting but hella expensive to do. You know, yeah.
0: and for really not that much more efficiency as well.
1: Yeah, I think he's just doing it to get more turtle and you know prevent what's going to happen from coming up. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, just when I'm looking at. The people that are coming up, I think really the only way is a runaway with a race like like is you have to be able to hit people as they get into range, knock them straight out, move on, wait for the next person to come, hit them as soon as you can just keep on moving. As soon as you allow two or three efficient people into range at the same time, that's when you really start to, to struggle. And that's pretty much when you just get trained down.
1: Yeah. And right now, let's just see here. I'm not sure who's all in his range right now, but I'm going to take a look. So he's got three people <laughs> in range, right? And they're all attackers, right? So he's going to try to train them down. But the real benchmark for me is when you have an explorer in range of top OP, because that's when you know you need that amount of defense to be safe, right? And right now yeah. we don't know what that amount is or what it's going to be, because no explorers yeah. in range of him.
0: I say yeah, you just have to base it on who's got the lowest all in out of the attackers.
1: Right, but still that's that's usually a bigger number than what explorers need. And what would you think? You know, what what do you think his chances are?
0: I'd say I'd say very small. I just don't think there's enough people in his range for him to, to keep on hitting. Um I, if I was him right now, I probably would just be button feed in a few times just to kind of build up as much land as you you can get because there's not people coming into range quickly enough for him to keep on hitting. So I I don't rate his chances high at all. And I don't think the Dark Elves that he's got, I don't think they've been successful enough. I don't know know how much damage they have done. Um, I don't think they can kind of hit one person, move on to the next realm. Hit the next people, move on to the next realm, which is what we've seen in the past with like a black op realm. They just don't seem to be doing that. So, yeah, I I think fifteen percent is probably probably high. I uh, I'd be really surprised if he can still pull it off and win. Then I'd be very impressed.
1: Right, but I think we're both in the same boat. That, you know, when push comes to shove they're just the converters. Aren't going to let them live. (laughs) Right. Like, I think that's, what's going to happen is just, you're just going to get later on, say like a week from now, you're going to get people in range in there that are just comfortably efficient, have good economies. Right. And I can just sit there and train.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, if it's a troll, they've got suicide. So Sometimes, you know, you get to the point where they might not really be in a position to win, but as soon as you give them a chance, they're just going to take that giant shot, 130% hit, it's huge. Even if they take one or two hits back, they still probably benefit. And that's really something we haven't talked
1: about, is Realm 7 doesn't have backup in the form of firepower, right? Like, it's just him, by himself, with Ops Bitches,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. Once that Orc went down... Um, that was it. Well, I
1: think you got to give credit to Eleven because I think they were kind of behind the scenes on that one, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think the Orc suffered what a lot of Orcs do, in that he got too comfortable training lots of offense and just didn't keep track of the defense. Got popped, and then like two, three, four hits came along, and that was him down. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because storyteller has hit that orc a few times, right?
0: Yeah, I mean when he when he started to get hit, it seems to be he went from a really good position to just completely out of it um, pretty quickly. Uh, so listen, so time's running out. Um, just uh, just quickly, who would you say, if it's not going to be number seven, who do you think you would pick as a as a potential round winner right now? Well, I think realm six has some potential
1: right they have uh a nice troll in there he's got some decent prestige
0: they're saying they've got the numbers um but I, individually i don't think they're best placed well yeah i mean you've got
1: obviously you've got a human a dark elf ice can and a troll in there right so that's four late round game changers that could appear they've, they're organized enough to get a wander, right? So there you can clearly see there's some cohesion here. There's some efficiency there, right? So, you know, time will tell, right? But there's definitely a possibility of six doing some good things.
0: Yeah, I think you, you gotta they're gonna to have top tens in there. But they're gonna have at least at least one, probably two or three people, top ten or fifteen.
1: And from your vantage point, who do you think can compete late round?
0: So I think it's going to be somewhat efficient. I, I, I like seeing converters. Well, I don't like seeing converters, but the good ones are the ones with the high imps that get a quick 3K conversion done and get into the mix. Um, so there's that that dwarf in, I think, 10. But I think the the best techer that I see is a Nox in 14, who just seems to be just... Whenever you're looking at the town cry, it just seems to be a hit every day, every other day. Um, so I would, out of anyone, I would pick them as a late round favorite.
1: And I don't know if they would be efficient enough, right? As a Nox and a Dwarf, you know, kind of seems like a long shot to me.
0: It is, but it all depends on just how their uh, how their bonuses and their imps and uh, you know, if they're moving with masons. Um, and Dwarfs got some nice, uh, well, actually, both Dwarf and Nox have got some nice kind of racial bonuses just in their either reduce casualties or just the pop bonus for the dwarf.
1: Yep, yeah, that's true. And the only thing I'd be worried about if I was that dwarf is on the turtle side of things, right? Because your warrior has such dogshit turtle that if you jump into range of top OP, you've got to think in the back of your head, do I have enough turtle, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's. but then on the flip side, you got the clerics, which are, some of the best flex and total in the game.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair.
1: So just before we go though, what, what do you think is the biggest misstep of the round so far from your vantage point?
2: Um, that's an interesting one. I,
0: I'm not sure if it's... I could couldn't you really call it, miss them. I don't think anyone... I don't think your realm particularly made any mistakes. I think the only thing which I'll often say about your style is sometimes you seem to delay hits to make a big hit rather than just going to hit them consistently, which when you're playing fast attack, and especially one with either reduced casualties or conversions, I prefer to just keep land coming in. Um, you seem to be kind of like more stilted with that. I think it was more... Maybe you could say round four, just letting seven get away. Um, I know there was a bounce and then then those hit exchanges really hurt them. Um, I think ultimately, I think seven just managed to get in a good position and then they took their opportunities. Um, but in terms of major mistakes, I wouldn't really pick out um, anything too bad this round. But how about you?
1: Yeah, I, I haven't seen any... Major mistakes, although, you know, the war between 11 and 7 was almost comical, right? <laughs> like the sheer amount of punishment that Realm 7 dealt to Realm 11 early, it was almost comical, right? Because, you know, Realm 11 just went tits up basically, right? Fed 7, and, you know, really didn't benefit from a whole lot so far, you know? unfortunately, right? But that's just the reality of it.
0: Yeah, and it seemed to be that it was like Slimer seemed to be kind of the main contributor of those acres.
1: Yeah, really, I mean, uh, if Realm 7 was looking for a sponsor of their win, you know, you got to say Slimer's the top dog there, don't you think? Yeah,
0: there seems to be every round um, there seems to be someone like that who just keeps on feeding and feeding and feeding. And then it's often the round winner who uh, who's the one that benefited. And you know, what are they supposed to do? It's not it's not their fault that the person just keeps on giving up the acres. They just got to take them.
1: Yeah, if somebody wants to wear their uh, you know their pants around their ankles for you, hey, you just say thank you. You know, leave them a good tip.
0: I think that is a a, a great line to end the podcast on.
1: Well,
0: absolutely. Well, uh, so listen, so uh, so thanks for joining. Um, I do need to end it there. Uh, it's been a good conversation, and hopefully we'll be able to to do this again uh, again soon.
2: Well, thanks for having me, brother.
0: Alrighty. Well,
2: until next time, we'll say uh, bye for now. Bye for now.